You're listening to the Water in Real Life podcast, the podcast for people who want to become better leaders by becoming better communicators. Why? Because those who tell the stories rule the world. We're your hosts, the H2 duo, Stephanie Corso and Ariane Shipley. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Well, we are back in here, and this is a take two with, with Trina, uh, but super excited to be able to have this conversation all over again. And I'll tell you why we're having it again in just a second. But if you don't know Trina McGuire Collier, then you best get to know her because she Mm -hmm. is amazing. She's an award-winning public relations and marketing expert with nearly 30 years of experience developing and managing comprehensive communication campaigns across public and private sectors. Prior to joining HDR's strategic communications practice in June 2018, she was Denver Water, Denver Water. I don't know if any of y'all ever heard about them before, but Denver yeah. Water's director of public affairs, communications and marketing, where she led the agency's renowned traditional and social media, marketing, advertising, content, journalism, organizational communications and youth education programs. HDR brought her on board to help their water clients across the country identify unique opportunities to inform and engage audiences and spot potential social and political risks associated with their projects. Having spent 25 years in the trenches, Trina typically serves as a senior advisor to utilities, communication teams, and if she's on your team right now, you lucky. So Trina... Welcome. Welcome back. <laughs> yes. Thank you, man. I, I don't know if it was the words or your enthusiasm in the <laughs> delivery. I'm gloating over here. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I'll give a little backstory of why we get to have this conversation for the second time. Uh, the first time that we had this conversation was right on the cusp of this I mean, somewhat like, global pandemic yeah. that was kind of just beginning to brew. And even in our intros, we were like, is this going to be a thing? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And oh, it turns great. out it was a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so we had this wonderful conversation and then the world stopped, including <laughs> all of us. And uh it just, yeah, I was like, you know what, instead of using it as a time capsule, let's just regroup. We've got two really weird years (laughs) behind us now, uh, more weird years to come, I'm sure. So let's, uh, let's just er, re, re, uh, remix. Let's start over. So thanks for joining us again. Yes, absolutely. Thrilled to be with the two of you. Just thrilled. Anytime. If we have to do it a third time, I'm fine with that too. Oh, Heck yeah. Well, this one is. No, <laughs> this one's getting posted. Yeah, we're posted. <laughs> it's okay. happening. Yes. I'm, you know, I just wanted to say before I asked you my first question was, um, I can remember where I was when I discovered Denver water and you were there mm-hmm. behind the wow. scenes. You wow. know, you you were doing the work, and I remember where I was when I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> there's people who do communications and marketing in the water sector, and they're doing it really awesome." So right, it's right. an honor to have you uh, sitting here with us now. And what a compliment! That's fantastic. But I got to tell you, it 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 takes a team, man. Incredible team. <laughs> and lots of buy-in. Yeah, yes. Yeah. We were able to convince some some folks higher up that, you know, if we do this right, <laughs> yeah. this could this could really make an make a difference and make and an impact. Did it right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. 
So our first question right out the gate, um, our listeners need to know, Trina, did you choose water or did water choose you? You already know the answer to this. I, I don't know that I've run into a comms person in water who chose water, right? <laughs> you didn't go to journalism school and say, you know, I want to grow up and become a communications person at a water utility. Yep. It just didn't occur to us at all. No. Um, so it definitely chose me. It, I, I've worked mostly in media, um, my background in media and journalism, mass media. And I ended up moving into PR and found myself at the ad agency, PR agency that had the Denver Water account. Mm -hmm. And so when their spokesperson retired or resigned, I don't remember which, um, I was encouraged to apply for that job. And I thought, you know, I think I can be a spokesperson, but I, I don't know a whole lot about water. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I applied for the job and, and got it. And, and that's where it started in 1992. So I was thinking about this, you two, 30 years this year, um, is 30 years ago is when, when I started, um, wow, and what nice. made that, so what made it, it's, it's just been an incredibly rewarding, amazing career. Um, but I certainly had to be taught the word, the world of water. I had no clue. And fortunately, Denver water's got this amazing, long, rich history of experts and people who are really proud of what they do. And so they took me under their wing. I was, I was going, I'm going to give away my age, but I was like 25, 26, right? And they took me out to the field. I did main breaks in the middle of the night. I mm. went up to, you know, I went inside of the dams and really did start to learn and appreciate and respect the system, mm -hmm. the water system and, and the way this stuff works. And so, yes, I was trained by the best, by the absolute best. And what I think the PR part of me was able to do, and you all can relate to this, is you, you know, I could I could see these stories. I could see those these aspects that nobody knew about. I thought, man, if people knew this and knew what went into making this happen from collection to distribution, it's in, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. We got to tell this story and we got to do it in a way that makes people relate. And so that's been my mission for the last 30. I can't believe I'm saying 30, 30 years. <laughs> Absolutely. Own it, girl. You've been yeah, no. much hard for it. Yeah, you're own right, it. girl. I do need to own it. <laughs> yeah, you have. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, I, I told the story already about how our pre-COVID, post-COVID, well, during COVID conversation and whenever we were talking about having this conversation again, we were just thinking about lessons learned. Yeah. Water comms pre and I can't say post, but current COVID, I guess, post yeah. total shutdown, depending on where you're at. What has COVID meant for utilities in terms of this, the cultural perspective? Exactly. I think there, there are impacts. It, it's definitely cultural. There are impacts internally to the internal culture, mm -hmm. right? As well as externally, right? I think it's forced us to think a lot more about people and what they need and, and how they feel and how they interact with our product, with what we do, right? Our employees, God knows that so many utilities struggled with the internal aspects of managing this. I think for many, that was harder than the external aspects, right? Yeah. So it really forced folks to think about how we work um, and, and how flexible we need to be. We need to be much more flexible than I think that water utilities have had to be in the past. And that's been fantastic to watch. We've seen some real innovation come from that. Mm -hmm. um, and externally, we have, we've had to think about the people we serve in a way that's much bigger than perhaps we had before, 
we had to realize that folks were really affected by this in so many ways. Yeah. Um, their ability to pay, their their need for the resource, their need for a certain amount of stability and, and consistency in their lives. And we needed to be that relied upon sort of source, right? And so I hope, and, and from what I've seen from many utilities, is that it's really caused us to be much more compassionate in what we do. Um, we're technical. We, we got to be that. Of course, we have to be those technical as experts. That's, right. that's we are. We're responsible in that way. But we also have to remember why we're here yeah. and, and, and the importance of what we do. And I think COVID really did shine a light on that, again, internally and externally, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I love each and every one of those points because I think that's something that gets glossed over and we don't really, you really took us a step back and looked mm-hmm. at this from a big picture perspective. And especially when dealing in, a, in an area of public health, we, when I say we, I mean the technical folks in the room were just, it's their job to quickly jump into the weeds to find out what's going on and keep everyone safe. And, you know, like every, every single industry kind of got taken aback by this. And I'm hoping that by seeing all of those things that you listed, that people really, really got a firsthand look at how absolutely important the communication role is in our sector and that it's not just um, it's not just when something goes wrong. It's not just the, the plant tours and the, and the fun educational things that we do, but it really does need to be integrated into every single component of the industry to make sure that we are, we are approaching our customers from like a human perspective, because this this brought the humanity out in all of us. It yeah. is. It really, it really has. And, and and consider we serve every single person, every single person. There's not a person who does not use our product. We yeah. have to be thinking about people in a much deeper way and thinking about all people in, 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 in all their different uses and interactions with, with water. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. For sure. The past few years, you know, especially from the time I think we left our city jobs to now, um, it's felt like, you know, the comms world, there's been a huge tipping point where it's, it is getting that more and more attention, more and more respect in the industry. Um, I'd like to say, I'd like to think it was before COVID too, yeah. um, but I don't even remember life before. Yeah. COVID. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but, you know, a big part of that is because of all these challenges that we're facing and, you know, things that are keeping our industry leaders up at night, like, you know, failing infrastructure, lead lines, PFAS, you know, all those fun things. Um, but we, you know, we have a national infrastructure bill that is infusing investment into our sector. Yes. So how can we use communication as a tool to keep the conversation about water front and center? It's so important. I mean, the spotlight is on utilities finally, right? It's an yeah. opportunity, right? It's our time to shine. It's finally, it's, it's that time. I, I agree with you, Ariane, and that, that started a bit before COVID. It really did because aging infrastructure, I think, is really what kind of kicked people into, Whoa. you know, how much more do I have to pay and why? Yeah. Oh, because I need my system to not fail. Okay, I think I got it. I get and, it. I hate and, it, but I get it, right? Yeah. Aging yeah. infrastructure and aging employees, too. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah workforce. Yeah, well, <laughs> because <laughs> people are nice <laughs> simultaneously, people starting to retire, you know, last four or five years. and. That's right. That's, that's when right. I, I remember that's when people that I knew were retiring and I was like, 
what are we going to do? And a lot of people seem to shift in that sort of five year span, right? There was this five year chunk and I'm not sure if we're out of it yet, but that's exactly right. So we had to get people familiar with who we are, what we do, the opportunities that exist within the industry. You know, it's a great field to work in, obviously, right? So how do we, how do we position ourselves as, as a, as an employer possibility? And again, at the same time, establish that respect and awareness of of what we do and and why it's important, right? So I think some of that happened early, but I'll tell you, Flint, the situation in Flint kicked, it flipped everything, right? And I think when people were able to see the power of a public enraged, right? Um, You could not run a utility and, and, and not pay attention to that. You had to be really mindful of of the power that the people have to influence the work that we do and to influence um, the way that we operate. And so you had a few a few examples, I think, of, 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 of things like that, that really did help to start to bring the right. need for more communications, more interaction with the public, more awareness, um, and helping people start to value what it is that, that we do. So yeah, it, it, sh- it started before COVID, I think COVID helped. I don't know that it lifted, it, it elevated it beyond a certain point, honestly. I think we still have some work to do, right? But people are paying attention more than they ever have. And the conversations are happening. And so the key for us as utilities and communicators and utilities mm-hmm. is to not let those conversations happen without us. We have mm-hmm. to be, we have to be involved in those mm-hmm. in a way that's meaningful and that's interesting. And that's compelling. And that makes you go, wow, I, I hadn't thought about it that way. I really hadn't. There are ways to tell to talk about what we do and 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 achieve that kind of um result. That's the goal. And to give a shout out to, I remember in the beginning when all of this started happening, that water water utilities or water. Uh, employees were not even being considered in the beginning as essential workers. And we were kind of like, uh, but now it's been, uh, I think that on a national level, at least it, I can see that not, not specifically communications, but, you know, now on the news, hearing the news reporters talking about how testing and wastewater facilities is helping them see when different strains of COVID have hit at different times. And every time they say it, I'm like, I hope every single utility (laughs) is sharing that because that is such a positive, positive piece of news. We are like part of the system now. So exactly. That's right. We're on the news in a positive way. So all y'all don't say we're only on the news in a negative way. That's right. But you got to be ready because when that becomes localized and someone says, okay, what about here in in our town? Mm -hmm. You got to you got to be that trusted source where those reporters can and and influencers can get good information from you and access to compelling visuals. And again, you got to be ready to tell your story. Mm -hmm. Really got to be ready. I love that you uh, influencers is kind of a great segue to the next question. You know, talking about how do we keep this buzz kind of front and center? How do we keep utilities Mm -hmm. this conversation ongoing? And a lot of that is, uh, you know, we have to continue always to be building that trust with our communities, our community members. But these interactions, they have to feel human to Mm -hmm. our end audiences. So we have to take our remove ourselves from that very technical regulatory world that we operate in the whole time and think about the perspective of the person just turning on their TV to catch the news or something. So why is it so important in your opinion that we speak quote unquote human to our customers? 
because that's how they were. That's, that's what makes them trust us. That's what makes them think of us. That's what affects their perception of us as organizations and as people. Right. Um, I used to tell my team back at Denver Water, I, I don't want to see an event, a, a, a marathon, for example, a race in this town, right, in Denver, where they're they're giving away bottled water at a race. When I got the best water <laughs> in the world, right, right here, right here. I need to, I, I need them to, I need people to see me and interact, not me, but see us and and our yeah. product and our organization and interact with us in places where they just don't expect. We ought to be so visible in the community, any, any kinds of, you know, large events where you, or, and small events mm-hmm. where you can influence and interact with the people you serve, right? And educate them mm-hmm. at that level. You start to really spend some time on the ground and yeah. let them see these are, these are people, right? I, I drink this water too. I know you've had comps people say that to you a hundred times. Mm-hmm. We drink this water too, and we're really proud of it. Yeah. And you got to get on the ground. You got to get into those places where people are and not just show up when it's time to, you know, rip up the street or talk about rates or and try to convince people that this is a, a cool thing. They've never they don't have, they don't see you. They don't know who you are. They have yeah. no they have no basis. Right. So you got to look for those opportunities to be true members of your community, truly involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and true corporate, if you will, corporate citizens on the, on the private side, you'd call this, you know, your, your corporate citizenship, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Be, be, be active and be present with yeah. those people. Are you known in your community as the water guru? And if you're not, that's, you need to step it up and be known. There it the is. Because where are they going to go? They're Mm going to go to somebody else and somebody else is going to give them information that's not going to be accurate. We know that because most people don't understand how this works. It's so complicated, right? You've got to be that trusted source and you build trust through a lot of different steps. There are a lot of things that you do. You don't simply, it's not just one thing. You've got to take an integrated kind of approach where you're showing up and again, in a lot of places where people don't expect and you show up in a way that's transparent and open and and relevant, right? Where it's like, I can actually relate to this. This affects my life. This affects the life of the people I care about. Right. You and they'll see you. Yeah, yeah, they'll see you as as human, as you see them as right. human. And that, That's man. exactly right. That's it. Yeah. And make it, it, it easy really to really find simple, you. When we talk it about really, it, doesn't it seem really simple? It, yeah, it does. I know, right? It does. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard, but I mean, but communication, we know is hard. I mean, half of the marriages fail due to communication or lack of. So it ain't easy, but right. it, it is hard work. But you you have to be willing to put that work in it, you know? It's, you do. And you have to be, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Marianne, but that's but because that you're exactly right. You have to be where they are, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't just, oh, we got an awesome website. Yeah. Are folks interacting with your with your website? Really? No. Are you measuring that? Take a look at right? Well, our bill inserts, hmm, I love bill inserts because I just, I like bill inserts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Most people don't, right? And a lot of people don't even get them anymore. So Mm -hmm. you've got to be contemporary, right? And you got to be vast. You've got to show up in, in, again, places they don't expect. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just have one more comment about that. Cause I did see, um, in one of the Facebook groups I'm in, um, it's a government communications Facebook group. Um, super nerdy. And, (laughs) and one of the questions was like, Hey group, like, 
great that we post our social media posts and, and get people to go back to our website, but have we tested our websites and our all of our collateral against, you know, is this ADA friendly? Is this right. um, mm. inclusive to all of the community and not Absolutely. just English, Spanish translated? Um, and so I thought, oh, well, that is a, a really good point to make right now, especially because we're not person to person, face to face. It's so That's dependent right. on your online digital, you know, face. That's right. And so to think about just being inclusive on all fronts, there are right. people out there who know how to help you do that. Absolutely. So. <clears throat> Absolutely. And that, that kind of gets down to brand. And I think we're going to talk about brand a little bit. Oh, of we, course, we're going to talk about are. brand. <laughs> talking to the two of you, I know you know this. So um, when, I'll keep going. Real, brand. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go real quick about um, before we get into branding. I'm, you know, one area that we struggle in always and not just like we, me and Stephanie, but we as a comms people is metrics and measuring all of these great yeah. things. Um, you know, comms and outreach is, it's about creating behavior change and that's so difficult mm -hmm. to measure and right. oftentimes takes a long time, longer than some of us are in careers. Um, so right. what advice do you give to communicators, educators um, of metrics that we can measure that show the value of what we do? Um, first, don't give up because it's critically important. Do not give up, okay? And treat research, the research element of what we do as a key part of your overall approach. Just like we think about strategy, we think about time frame, we think about audience, and we really think about tactics. We seem to love to get straight oh, to tactics. Yeah. Let's do a website. <laughs> let's do a podcast. Okay. Okay, let's back up. <laughs> let's back uh, up. A bless you for saying that. Oh my God. <laughs> I love, I, I love this awesome list of, of things we're going to do. We're going to make a video. Okay, that sounds like fun. Great. But if it's not based and grounded in, in research, mm -hmm. you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money. Mm -hmm. The research piece of this has got to be factored in from a cost perspective. You got to put it in there. Even And I'm not saying it's got to be this massive, you know, yeah. $100,000 effort. But get some baseline information. Mm -hmm. Invest in that because it's going to come in handy later as you're, as, as you're implementing these strategies and tactics, you've got something to measure against. We've gone from point A to point B. We didn't move. We moved a lot. We're all the way at E. Look at what happened. Yeah. Constant, the research baseline is critical and incorporating that constant measurement into what you do is critical too. It's got to be factored into the overall strategy. And there are ways to make that happen again and where it doesn't have to be really expensive. We did, believe it or not, the research for Use Only What You Need, the campaign we did for Denver Waters Conservation mm -hmm. Effort. A lot of that research took place in front of a grocery store. Yeah. Man on the street, woman on the street. Yeah. Hey, talk to me about water conservation, you know, what's it going to take to get you to cut your use back? Literally asking people on the street. That's all we want to know. We're just keeping track. We're just, we're just scribbling down the, the answers, right? And that's how we heard, that's how we learned that people, at least among our audience here locally, didn't really like the word conserve. It felt punitive to them. Yeah. They did like the idea of not wasting. Mm. If, you, if you frame this in a way where it suggested, hey, you're a responsible person, responsible people don't waste, right? They liked that. And that informed all of what we did, right? So use only what you need was intended to resonate based on that. That research came, I kid you not, 
from grocery store polling. So it doesn't yeah. have to become the other part of this that's important as much as I'm, you know, I, 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 I love social media and I hate social media at the same time. I oh. absolutely, <laughs> but <laughs> it's more the person it, it's from a, from a professional standpoint, it's awesome. From a personal standpoint, it drives me crazy. It's a um, lot. It's a lot. But the analytics that it allows us to incorporate into our campaigns and into our, our programs, that those analytics are so awesome mm-hmm. and can give you such great information and inform what you do to a, a very large extent. And so absolutely, it's got to be part of your part of what you do anymore. You're going to have that element in there somewhere, right? So really think carefully about how to set up programs where you're able to track, again, like you said, um, area the participation at the, the visitations at those websites, but also that the interaction on the um, in social media and through your social and digital sources. Yeah, nice. I'm so glad you talked about research and gave a concrete example of what that looks like in real life, because um, we we talk about that a lot too. We talk about it when we discuss design thinking, because I I'm obsessed with design thinking, and design thinking <laughs> is it one piece of it is observation and basically what you just described. And so I guess for anyone listening who that hasn't been clicking yet, Mm -hmm. um, that's a piece of it. So it takes you kind of through the whole process from observation to um, ideation to design, prototyping and designing it. And so it's a framework. It's a framework for uh, all Mm. of those things that I just listed. And so there are tools out there if if you just feel totally, what do I do? How do I do this? I don't have the budget. Um, we, if you came to virtual catalyst this past year, one of our guests that we had as a speaker was the, um, CEO and co-founder of Luma Institute. Mm. And I don't get any kickbacks from saying this, but they are (laughs) the most amazing accessible, uh, design thinking resource out there. I'm use it probably every day and it's a great place to start to learn more, but I, I'm so grateful that you talked about that because it's hard to make that connection if that's not something yeah. that you're used to doing. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We offer um, our HDR strategic communications practice. One of the services that we provide that's, that's highly regarded and, and is in high demand is an, our audience assessment approach. Yeah. We really dig deeply into assessing who it is that you're trying to reach and not just how many of them are there are and whether they're female or male or black or white. You, know, you got to yeah. go deeper than that. Where do they get their information from? Who do they listen to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 how do they you know how do they vote on a particular issue that might be relevant to our industry? Um, being able to get some some good detail around who it is that you're trying to reach and 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 their current perceptions will help you really create something that's effective at moving them or getting them to a place where you need them to be. Yeah. 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 Way more than the demographics. No one, yes. I mean, it's what <laughs> yeah. motivates them, what's going to change right. their behaviors, attitudes, beliefs. It's uh, it's much deeper than that, and all of that takes much longer to um, influence than. That's right. That's right. It's not one campaign. It's not one. You know, well, not one Facebook campaign. You know, you spent six oh, yeah. weeks putting out these posts and you boosted them, so everybody should have seen them, right? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> the right. people who are on Facebook saw them. So exactly. my nephew, I talked with my nephew yesterday, this is a sidebar. He turned 19 
And um, so I called to wish him happy birthday. We were talking about, I learned a lot of stuff from him in that conversation. He's in college and it's just fascinating what, how different a 19 year old is than yeah. me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Uh, but he, we were talking about, I said, I said, you're not on Facebook, right? Cause your mom's got this great post about you on Facebook. He's like, no, Auntie <laughs> D, we do not look at Facebook. <laughs> so he named like yeah. every other social platform except for Facebook. Yeah. That's important because this 19 year old is fairly soon going to be a customer, a water customer. Exactly. And we have got to be thinking about <laughs> that next generation of customers and who and where they get their information and how, you know, how they interact and how they receive, you know, some of what we put out there. It's a very different space. So we've got to be, we've got to stay contemporary because that that next generation, the next generation of water customers mm-hmm. looks a lot different than you all do and than I do. And get a writer's room of other 19-year-olds. So when you get on TikTok, you're not just posting oh the same stuff you post on your Facebook page because they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> they really don't. And it hurts my feelings, but it doesn't really matter because it's just what it is. Yeah, It is what it is. But I mean, there are ways to get to them, but you have to talk to them, you know, just like you said, you learn so much and you can't just sit around a room with people who are exactly like you and expect that (laughs) as a group, you're going to figure out what the, what those future customers want from you information wise. But that's right. Exactly. um, I love that we're seeing more collaborations hiring. I love that engineering firms are hiring comms experts and partnering mm-hmm. with with um, communications as subs and stuff, and that utilities are hiring their own or hiring subs. This is all completely wonderful news. But even when communication people are brought in, sometimes it's like the city and the communicator are speaking these different languages. Like things are getting mm-hmm. lost in translation in terms of measurements or metrics or what success looks like, or that's just an example or, or um, elements of branding and what works and what doesn't. So I was just curious because we've experienced some of, we've seen some of that on our own end. Yeah. Have you seen any of that? And what's your advice to both sides since all of us have kind of been on both sides um, what's some advice you could give to create a more productive collaborative relationship in those time, in those cases? Mm-hmm. So first, yes, I have seen that. And, and it's been that way for quite a long time and it's a little better, but then in some examples I'm thinking of, it's just not right. Yeah. Um, one of the most important parts of this, I believe, is for us to figure out how best to attach communications professionals to leadership. How mm-hmm. we we've got to be able to demonstrate to the to the boards, to the mayors, to the water utility managers, mm-hmm. the value of communications. That we've got to be attached to them at the hip. We've got to be able to to show them our value and help them appreciate what we do, so that it influences the way that they think about their leadership role, right? Um, and I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking about a, a couple of examples, some of which I, sh- I, I probably can't give. <laughs> <laughs> Folks who didn't quite do it right. But at the end of the day, you know, what folks, the, the leadership cares about, you know, they've got these big things that they've got to care about at a high level. Mm-hmm. And you've got to help them appreciate that your role as a communications advisor because you're an advisor to them, right? Yeah. Is to protect their reputation, 
to protect the reputation of the organization and their reputation, because that's what it comes down to, right? You're at the top and this thing fails. It's on you. This is about reputation management. You know, if you if you don't do this right, that project that we're talking about spending millions and millions of dollars on, it, it just probably won't happen. If it does happen, it's going to be delayed. It's going to cost more because if we don't, if there's a saying that I've heard and I use a lot in communications and I've heard it from others. The, the way the public feels about this stuff is if whatever you don't do with us, you do to us. Mm, and if yes. you can help people appreciate, you can help leadership appreciate. My role is to help you succeed <laughs> as a leader in this industry. Mm. My role is to help this organization do the work that it needs to do to ensure that the people we serve have access to clean water and it's reliable and it's safe, right? And so you, we've got to be able to think about the role we play in our organization then, and figure out how to attach ourselves to leadership in a way that demonstrates the value. Get to know what turns that person on, what, what are they into, and really form a relationship where you are a trusted counselor to that person. Yeah. Um, on the leadership side, Listen, <laughs> listen to them when they show up, right? When they show up, they're not, it's, it, they're typically passionate about, comms people, we're passionate about this stuff. We can't help it, right? Because yeah. we know how important it is. Yeah. Know that just as you need a financial person who's, who's awesome to make sure that this place is running the way it needs to run from a fiscal standpoint, and you need an operations person who understands that this system needs to be structured in a way where it does not fail, you need a comms or public affairs person who is thinking about your reputation mm -hmm. so that when all of this stuff is on the table, your reputation is intact. And if you're lucky, it's enhanced. And mm -hmm. so we've got to just look for ways to be able to create those relationships and those interactions with our leadership. You just made me think like if, as you described, like the comparison between the two other roles, mm -hmm. if you have a comms person on your team, and they're as quiet as the finance guy Ooh. or gal. You got a problem. <laughs> you got the wrong person. You got the wrong person. Next. That's right. they like, need to, you know, we're kind of talkative. We're <laughs> talkative. Yeah, we're, we're, we're nagging. Yeah, we're passionate. <laughs> like, yeah, so, let us, that is our job. Yes. That is who we are. You got to embrace it and be proud right. of it. Because Right, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And you got to work together. It's not like we show up as comms people and we know everything, right? Because yeah. you know, we've learned, you know, some of this stuff can go left on you real quick and, and oh, nobody yeah. saw that coming, right? But we as communications people are trained to think strategically and to think about ultimate outcomes and to think yeah. about what if. And sometimes it feels hypothetical, but we are, we exist to prepare you for a variety of circumstances. And so we're thinking about all of the implications that if that the social implications, the political implications let us counsel you in that way. That's, that's what we do. And we do that the, the best of us do this incredibly well. Yeah. And, and our seat at the table, our, way. Mm -hmm. our seat at the yeah. table is important too, because everyone else around that table is thinking about the organization and we're the ones at the table that are thinking about how that's going to affect the, the community, the public, the customer, that's whatever. Right. And right. you need that person who's going to be like, Whoa, uh, you're cutting down all the trees. <laughs> Hold on a second. You yeah. Because it, it can exactly. go, a project can be stifled, stopped okay. and yeah. for the smallest thing. You cut down one too many trees, whatever right. the little things are. Like we're sitting here thinking about all that. Um, so you want them at the table. So, yeah. And, and we think of aspects that nobody else thinks of and not that right. we're, you know, because we're so awesome. It's just, we just, 
that's just, it's just a little weird. Break. It's our it's brain. We had, a, we had a situation where we were going to have to close a, 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 a very highly used road in one of our mountain communities. It's a long story. I won't put you through it behind that. <laughs> and it was going to, it was just going to, I almost used a bad word. It was going to upset a lot of people, a lot of people who aren't real, weren't mm-hmm. real fond of utility to begin with. Right. And in those conversations with the board members, with executive leadership, and I'm listening to this thinking, oh God, this is going to suck so bad. But where the, the best I could contribute in that moment was, because they were prepared to do it over a holiday weekend. I said, could we at least... <laughs> not do this on the holiday weekend oh when gosh. they get so much of their tourism activity at yep. least bring that let's bring that to the table and that spurred a lot more I think consideration of the impact of the mm-hmm. going to have on people I think in that moment I was just like oh god can we at least just not do it on a holiday I get we're going to do it but oh my weekend's gonna suck can we please not do it that yeah. way that, start fresh on Monday <laughs> yes that led to a much better I think outcome and conversation and and strategy around that that the need for that well I certainly wrote down that whatever you don't do with us you do to us I feel like that is so important to remember it is I say that a lot I saw it I've seen it a couple of times and now I use it and I don't think Mm -hmm. I can even attribute it to anybody because I don't remember where it came from but it's so true so true yeah for sure um well we pitched this up a little earlier and you know that you couldn't get away uh having a conversation with us without talking about branding I can't talk to someone who's been in this biz 30 years and not (laughs) talk about branding I think it's one of the most misunderstood topics in the water industry it's it's not your logo or your tagline it really is your soul of the organization your license to operate talk to us about your thoughts on branding and its role in the water industry. I love that you call it the soul of your organization. I'm going to remember that because that's exactly what it is, right? Who are you? Who are you at your core? Who, you know, culturally, who are you, right? Are you stodgy? Are you old school? Are you modern? Are you innovative? Who are you? And and brand really gets to the impression that people have of you. Mm. (laughs) That's really what it is. It's Mm -hmm. what they think of when they hear the name of your utility. What do they think? Mm. Oh, Lord. Or, oh, yeah. What do they think? That's that's brand. Mm -hmm. And people freak out because it's a marketing term. Right. And they do think logo and graphics and fonts and mm-hmm. color palettes and all of that contributes to the image. Right. And the perception. But at the end of the day, it's your soul. I love that. I'm going to use that <laughs> next time <laughs> I talk about this. That's so because it's so true. Mm-hmm. Who are you and who do you and how do you want the world to see you? How do you want the people you serve to see you? If there's a word to describe who you are, I use this a lot in, in branding workshops with my clients. We had to come up with a word to describe you or an animal. That's another one that's real popular. An animal that describes your utility. Yeah. I've heard turtle. <laughs> I've heard, you know, and, and, and to get some, some folks who are thoughtful in the room, right? Get, get yeah. employees every level to get in there and tell you we're, we're a turtle really okay well that's something you might want to think about because if you think you're a turtle I bet people externally think you are too yeah mm-hmm. but really thinking about who you are at your core and 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 if you're not what you want to be what you aspire to be fixing that yeah deal with that yeah. right as an organization look and in, look inside that's where that work happens it's inside right your customer care folks who are answering the phone that's a representation of brand your folks out in the field on a construction project ripping up the street that's a representation of brand mm-hmm. it really is 
Yeah. Right. Those are the interactions that form the reputation that you have. And at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. That's what brand's about. And it's incredibly important. So that's another place. Spend the time yeah. and to get that right. Spend that time. It's really important. I would argue that I believe that every interaction is a representation of brand. Because just think about the times in your own personal life when you've had one negative experience with a brand and they, you hate them forever. (laughs) You never never get over it. And they, and they could, they may may be able to, may be able to change it, but it's going to take a lot, right? You almost Mm -hmm. have to get face to face with that person to really change it. It's hard to change a bad brand. It mm-hmm. really, really is. And, and it, it, it's not as hard, but maintaining a good brand takes work too. You've got to be sure. to I was in Trader Joe's this weekend. And I thought, man, my, oof, I love Trader Joe's. <laughs> I love mine too. Oh my goodness. Talk about great brand. And for some people it's not because I mean, the brand, a lot of brand has to do with what we bring as, as you know, for our own experiences or what we bring to some of this, but they should work hard to make sure that my interaction with them go above and beyond. Yeah. And if, if water utilities took that kind of approach where we, not only do we deliver what you expect us to deliver, because people just expect us to do this, right? It's, it's, of course you, you deliver clean water. What, what, why else would you exist? That, I expect that of you. But if you can demonstrate the work and the efforts that you make to go above and beyond, and people can actually have those experiences with you, that changes your brand. That changes your reputation. I I have a short story on that before we get into the lightning round. Um, but we I was talking to a gentleman one day who worked uh, he he worked in the field at utility and. Um, he, it, he takes the time to interact and engage with the people out in the, like the customers and stuff that mm-hmm. he sees and explain what he's doing. Uh, that's in such a way that people actually are compelled to call and say, I just saw so-and-so he was amazing. Right. He did this and that. And one of the superiors thought of dinging him for that because he was spending too much time doing that and not doing Mm -hmm. his job. And I said, you are missing the point. Absolutely. Give that man a raise. That's right. Give that man like he is doing the hardest work out there for you. Do not ding him for that. Like that is a brand ambassador and you can't pay enough money for that. Exactly. So well said. That is absolutely true. Absolutely. (laughs) Promote that man. Absolutely. <laughs> and y'all, all of y'all listening have one of those. I guarantee you. Yep. Oh, you absolutely do. You do. You Hopefully more than one. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. But there you've got influencers, your employees, man. Oh my goodness. The the value that they bring, not only in the work that they do, but in yeah. in as carriers of your brand, as you said, as those ambassadors. Who mm-hmm. talk about you can't, you know, you're not gonna reach all of these people. Yeah. On your own, use them. If they're good at it and they're passionate about it and people trust them mm-hmm. and respect them, absolutely. Yeah. Celebrate those folks for sure. Do not dismiss the field personnel as oh, they're just oh, out God. in the field doing this. Like they are your front, no. they're your front line. They are the first yeah, between them and customer service, they are the yeah, people you need to be pouring into the most in that. Sense. I agree. We learned that in COVID for sure, too, didn't mm. we? Mm-hmm. Big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my shout out to my field peeps. I love y'all so Yeah, field peeps abroad. Field <laughs> peeps. I spoke to uh, a group of operators at operator school a couple months back. 
I told him it's like none of this happens without you. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about all the other stuff all day long. We can talk about all the other stuff <laughs> all day long. <laughs> if you're not okay. None of this works. Yep. So we we gotta we gotta make sure that that you are recognized and um and appreciate it because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen without it. Absolutely not. For sure. Well, we're gonna hop into the lightning round, and these in order for this to be a true lightning round. You have to do first thing that comes to your head. Um, So don't try to overthink it. Um, You don't have to defend your answers. (laughs) I will though, because that's just kind (laughs) of what I do. But okay, because they're going to be weird answers. Hey, we we welcome weird. We do. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I think the first one's you, Arianne. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. Okay, So Trina, name a moment you've felt the most authentically you. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I I gotta tell you, it's it's at a live concert. I love live concerts. I miss them so much. I can't yeah. stand it. Of all the COVID pro- issues, I miss live concerts. I saw Stevie Wonder. I was in the second row from the stage, and I thought I may as well have been in heaven, literally in heaven. That was when I was just so engulfed. I love live concerts, and that's when I feel authentic. Okay, fill in the blank. I'm so glad I met blank this year and virtually meeting counts. Okay, good. Okay. So earlier this year or let or within this last year, um, I was, uh, I joined the public affairs council for AWWA. And so I get to, I got to meet and now get to interact with some of the best communications people that I have long admired in this industry. Yes. Oh, it's so awesome. You know, I knew Kelly Deering Smith, but now I get to hang out with Kelly Deering yeah. Smith. Oh, Heck yeah. Goodness, right, right. Yes. Karen Snyder, I have admired her yes. forever, right? There's mm-hmm. so many of these people who do what we do and they do it so well. And I've mm-hmm. I've known of them and I feel like a groupie because I get to I know. Actually, yeah, 100 percent Yep. So, yeah, I would say every member of the pack and Travis Luke. With oh, I, you know, I've been following Travis forever, but I hadn't met him. So yeah, I got a long list of people and I drop a lot of names because let me just say this. Really quickly. Um, I do because that's kind of how we roll. I think yeah. we all know each other. We all, we know of each other. And so much of what we do really is about relationships. And I'm fortunate 30 years, I've, I've got a lot of relationships and they're people I've looked, watched for years. I finally get to spend more time with them. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Okay, another fill in the blank. Boldness, okay. boldness looks like blank. Mm. There's a lady named Melody Wright. I don't know if you all have heard of Melody yet. Uh, Melody was at Pittsburgh's water utility mm-hmm. and she branched out on her own and started her own agency. That's happening a lot. We were talking about that at one mm-hmm. point um, a while back. That fact that you all can relate to this where you know, you've been in the utility or on the city side forever, and you get brave and bold, and you step out. I I, I would add the two of you to the list because you've done it too. That's a hard thing to do, but the demand is there, and it's bold, and it's brave, and it's badass. And I respect you all, and and Melody in particular for for being that that hero for me. She really is that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Wow. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, another fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> I stay curious by. Mm. I, you know, I, I was thinking about this not too long ago because that topic of curiosity comes up. It comes up among comms people because we're curious. We always talk about how we're, that's who we are. 
Um, I would say hanging out with with, with your young professionals, honestly, Ooh, because there's yes. so much that, again, like my nephew, I mean, they think about things differently mm-hmm. and they cause me to think about things differently. And the things that I don't know or understand, they make me want to go figure them out. Like NFTs. The other day, I'm like, what, what the <laughs> hell is that? What is an NFT? And should I know? Am I, yeah. am I really square if I don't know? Do I, I need to know this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I need to know this? Do I really need to know about Bitcoin? Because I don't want to. Yeah. Maybe I do, yeah. right? So, but spending time with, honestly, with professionals in our industry who are young and creative and passionate, that that makes me want to know more and, and be better, for sure. Yeah, our young professionals in this sector are top-notch. I love them. Yeah, they are. They are. They really are. What is something you are deeply grateful for? Mm-hmm. the relationships and the, and the, and the, and the, the mentors, you know, you all know this. I, I came into water. Like we talked about not really, honestly, not knowing where water came from. I, I was not, I was your, your typical liberal arts. I mean, I had no clue. Right. Um, and was just really fortunate over the course of my career and have been and continue to be um, just, surrounded by some incredibly sharp people who have poured into me because other people poured into them and I get to pour into other people. Right. So that's, it's, it's those relationships with, with folks that I've just long admired. There's a woman named Artist Dawson. She doesn't even know the effect she had on me. She used to be the public affairs director at East Bay Mud back in the day. Um, I'm just really grateful that she saw something in me and and encouraged me to continue in this business, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I'm glad that you you said that. And because uh, I want his legacy to live on, I had a professor yes. from grad school pass away recently. His name is Tony oh, Burgess. Yeah. And my professor, Becky Johnson, is the reason I'm in water. But Tony Burgess is definitely the reason that I'm in communication and water. And He's yeah. like the environmental scientist and told me about how how good I was at communicating and translating the value of environmental and not specifically mm-hmm. water, but the environment, the, the value of all of that into a way that gets people to care and be passionate about and make change. And so to have somebody that was the scientist tell me yes. this this side also matters and you have a place and it's important was mm-hmm. next level. So shout out exactly. to to Tony, your legacy lives on. So, um, and you will, and you'll do that. You and you're doing that for other people. I mean, you're doing that through this this vehicle, right through this channel. But I suspect you do it in a lot of other ways. You may not even realize the impression that you're making on someone who's watching you. Going, I think I want to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. There are I, happens more than you think. Uh, so I know you probably heard this in your line of work because it's similar to ours as well that. When we talk about behavior change and things like that, people would say, well, what difference does it make? I'm just one person. It's not going to not going to make an impact. And we wholeheartedly disagree with that. We think that one person making a change can be contagious and spark action in others. So that being said, what is the one call to action that you are most passionate about that you believe could ultimately change the world? Mm. Listen. We, we're, we, we're talking a lot, 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 lot. We're not listening, right? We're not really listening and hearing each other. I, this is one of those things about social media when I talked about how I hate it on the personal side because I'm, I, I literally watch people 
react to something. It's like, that's not what, that's not what they said. That's not what they meant. That's not what this is. Did you listen? Can you put your own stuff aside for a second and just listen, right? I think that's going to help us in a lot of aspects, socially, politically. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's just we just to to calm down. Let's calm down because <laughs> we do seem a little bit on edge, right? I mean, if you look at the way folks are driving and in the grocery store, it's like, oh, edge, where are we all so mean? Calm down <laughs> and just listen. Just listen to 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 hear, not to respond, not to react, but just to to hear and and perhaps even understand. Yeah. Mm. I love it. Uh, I, my brother, mm-hmm. he's taken a new uh, role in, in the Navy recently and mm-hmm. he's managing um, a lot of women suddenly. Mm-hmm. And he called me and he goes, what do I do? And I said, he, you know, he's like, what, what kind of resources he's asking, what kind of resources should he be reading and, and what wow. should he be doing so he can be a better manager to them? Okay. And I said, first and foremost, I'm going to tell you to stop talking. And there it just- is. There it is. Because is. you don't know this group of women, Mm-mm. you know, and you'll never know it unless you listen. So that's right. That's right. Stop talking. I have to tell myself that too sometimes. Stop talking because we talk, we're comps people, right? We got to tell you, we got to talk about it. But well, um, also, if you have any degree of social anxiety, you will talk to fill the dead air. <laughs> I would say I'm also guilty of that. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all are to some extent. Yeah. But yeah, the listening makes a really big difference. It does. It really does. I think it 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 can change so much of what happens or what's happening. Well, you can't get the feedback, which completes the communication loop if you don't pause for a minute to listen and hear what's coming back to you. So of course, someone with 30 years in the biz would say that, of course. Keep saying 30, keep saying that 30 so that it's embedded in my brain. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that we got to take the time to do this again. I want to talk to you again, because I mean, I was jotting down things that I didn't even get to to, to talk yeah. about because I, oh. I knew that we were trying to stay succinct. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We could talk so, forever. I know that. I know oh, that. I know. Yeah. I know. So thank you so much for taking the time and being with us today. Look forward to hopefully seeing you around at some conferences this yeah. year. And, in person. Um, in person. person. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks so much. You too. So good to see you. Keep the faith. We are so grateful for each and every one of you, all the members of our listening community. The Water in Real Life podcast is a Rogue Water Lab original. It's hosted by the H2 duo. That's us, Stephanie Corso and Ariane Shipley. It's produced by Rogue Water Lab, 12 Midnight, and Matt Black Sound. Sound design and music by Andre Black and Matt McNeil of Matt Black Sound. For more Water in Real Life, check out our YouTube channel and sign up for our lab notes. You can find both at roguewaterlab.org.